Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that just knew we were going to give some team a doing. This week on Heart and Hand, six goals in one game, not in a month. Welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast, my name's David Edgar, I'm your host and I'm joined this week by the beast from the east, Mr Cameron James Bell. Thanks for remembering my name David, I much appreciate it. How is life on on the job market claimer? Could you explain to the listeners what you refer to by getting your name right and even though I nearly got it wrong? Uh, The the rock and roll doll claimer that you are. See what has happened listeners is over the past couple of weeks... I have moved into a blissful state of semi-retirement um, and have left the workforce for a few months, uh, hopefully longer, and I'm just going to sit back with my ill-gotten gains and what has happened is I'm sleeping an awful lot and today I woke up at one and then did, had a nap later on. So yeah, I'm, I'm probably not as, as sharp as I would be, but see, I've been telling you for ages, mate, get to a certain age... Make sure you've got enough cash. Stop working. Well, I was going to say, why buy a dog and bark yourself? But in actual fact, you've got two dogs, so you do plenty of barking regardless. Yeah, to, to be um, honest, you, you, David, it's like you're, you're dreaming of Brexit already, and as per usual for you, you pulled out too early. Yes, it was uh, Wexit, work exit in my case. But uh, that gives me more time. Now, as I say, in my blissful state of... Uh, semi-retirement because I'll still need to occasionally go back in and do some consulting but it gives me a little bit of space to view the goings on at Ibrox a little bit more and let's start with uh, the most important of them which was the match day of course and uh, Rangers 6, Hamilton Ackies now all joking aside Cammy. I don't think we'd win, I didn't see that coming Well, um, I think contention is probably the word that you could best use for that. I um, enjoyed 
um, Joe Gardner trying to win the ball was about five or six years too late to get it. Mm. And uh, Fodderingham extending his box by uh, about an extra four yards. Uh, but all in all, we um, we, we, we just uh, rampaged our way to a staunch Protestant victory. We'll come to the two points you just mentioned there a little bit later. But let's start off with you know the positives. Because it's one of those phrases you hear. Generally when a team's maybe not quite clicking, which is we're due to give somebody a hiding. You know, um, oh, any, you know, one week it's going to fall for us. I, I didn't see that one in, in the pipeline, to be honest. I didn't see that all we are are, are you know, a little bit of bust the former way to give someone a hiding. Now, we've got a break of the ball, and we'll come to that, as I say, on Saturday. But, but what was different in terms of the way we went about the game? I think for me, David, I felt as if we, we actually stuck to a shape slightly better. Um, I hate using this phrase because it's just one of those modern Redknapp, Neville shitey phrases but I think we recycled the ball well in terms of I actually think our passing was quite crisp and quite clear um, I think Martirino as we're now going to call him mm. uh, set, set out that quite well but see to be fair all kidding aside to Marty what, what he's more or less done is he's put out a shape out there to be able to then um, show whether or not he I mean you must know he's not a legitimate chance for the, the manager job permanently. But in actual fact, he's got out there as if he's got none to lose. And so I wonder if that's translating to the players to then say, just actually go out and express yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, albeit it was a cup game, so therefore do you then, I don't know, do you then say, well, we're going to face some pretty tough opposition irrespective. Obviously, we'll talk about the draw later. Um, so in actual fact, you know, just take the pressure off yourselves and try and enjoy it. Um, and if he did do that, then I would like to I would like to applaud him on that because that's relatively uh, sensible man management. Um, but I thought it was a lot less nervous, if that makes sense. Yeah. Obviously, we we have had you know we we got lucky. Let's let's call it for it was. But um, no, I think at times we actually played really well and and we we um, we looked a decent team for uh, for once. I think it should be remembered that Hamilton aren't a great side. And let's not kid ourselves. I know they beat Aberdeen through the week, but it was with a kind of back to the wall performance that on another night could easily have been four or five one. And I think that the fact that we did get in front, which is such a huge thing for this Rangers team, because we struggle very much when we got a goal down, especially at Ibrox, because the fans, you know, by now are are just so annoyed that they that they get right on the team straight away. Um, and we kind of saw that against St Johnston the previous match. What I felt was a bit better on on Sunday. Oh, sorry, on Saturday was uh, the fact that we got the ball down, passed it, stuck to a shape. The running was better in terms of movement and offers from the front players. That allowed our midfielders to go on. So Heinemann was getting into the box a lot more, and I think more than that was his confidence because against St Johnston. We played really quite decent, you know, not not fantastic, but really quite decently, and then got into a two 0 position and were playing well and deserved to be two up, and then as Rangers do, chuck away two goals, and I thought like the whole stadium did, here we effing go, the same stuff that we always get, and they dug it out, they actually flipped the script and they did something that I'm not even sure that they believed themselves they were going to do, and that was turn it around with ten men. 
And to do that, I think, gave them that, that just for the first time in ages, that little surge of confidence going into another game. Then when they got the goal, it was like the blue touch paper in a way. And all over the field, I thought performances were were better. But there are a couple that we that we have to touch on. I think, first of all, over the two games, Emerson Heinemann got the winner. And uh, almost, if you like, led a, a campaign of resistance in that St. Johnson game because he hit the bar. Even though you know we had ten men, and then he scores the winner, and he plays with such an assurance and a maturity, and I think that having Terrell bit by bit getting fitter, he still looks as though he's towing some sort of large outdoor vehicle at times. He's never going to be a pace merchant, but he can pass and he can control a ball, and his positional sense is good, and he's getting fitter each match. And then having the two of them has given us a more solid base. I still don't think we've quite found the partner. I thought Holt did quite well against St. Johnson and then, strange as to say, in a 6-0 was virtually invisible against Hamilton. But having two players who I think probably technically are miles ahead of any of the other players we have other than Barry Mackay gives us a much more solid base in the middle of the park and it stops everything being quite so frenetic. I think Heidman plays a lot like a, like an, an old head on young shoulders, mm. actually. He is, to me, quite confident in terms of what he's doing. Um, I think he, I think he's got great energy levels. Um, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes if you watch... It's difficult to say, but sometimes if you watch a game live, and you know that way how sometimes if you then either watch it back or you, you, you watch the highlights or whatever... Actually, what you start to see is probably um, clearer positioning and clearer movement from players. And it always feels to me as if Heinemann is involved in a lot of attacks. Yes. Like, he's if he's, he's always... Um, but also, it also feels to me that there's times where he's actually camped out within the, the first 10 yards of the opponent's half. So he's actually quite deep. But yet, he makes up ground really quickly. But actually makes it look pretty effortless uh, you know in terms of how just just how seamlessly does it if yeah. that makes sense I think Heyman Cami looks like what he is which is a player with Premier League aspirations playing in Scotland so he does but then I think that there's also been times where we've seen players of a similar age obviously loaning signings who have come to us and at times look a bit disjointed look a little bit like fish out of water yeah um, and I think, I mean, it's, it sounds like an old thing to say, but it, it would suggest to me that he's been brought up well, he's been he's been developed well, he's been coached well, and actually, what I think that we're doing, which is which is again good coaching from Murty, is that we're actually allowing him to play that game and apply, allowing him to play that role um, where he, he doesn't have to make um, on face value an extraordinary effort, but actually he's contributing a huge amount to the team. Mm. Um, and I was talking to someone about it the other day, and actually, I mean, you can tell now with Chelsea having, you know, fucking romped the league now, Kante has been a huge signing for them. And if you ever watch Kante, Kante is everywhere. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll you know, he will constantly hunt, he'll constantly chase, he'll constantly position, and he'll, he'll just move. But he's so busy, you can see it when he's doing it. Hyman almost kind of glides, I think, when you see him moving and when you actually start to see him get into positions. And that's why I think, like you say, I mean, he's he's good and he can read games really well. And I think that for the players around him, actually, that's a really that's a really positive, um, 
confidence that he can then start to project and actually help out those around him. He's reliable, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that you know you can turn with the ball and turn into, and he'll be there to receive a pass. And I think that, that that's absolutely huge for us. Now, one of the things that we did is we actually scored from three corners. And that's not something that happens a lot. And I'd like to talk about that in the the context of Graham Marty because I think in the short time that he's had, you can actually see improvements in certain areas. That's not to say that we're suddenly, you know, turning into a kind of a hybrid of the, the nine in a row in the Walter team or whatever. But just little things like there seem to be much more... Uh, if you like pre-arranged moves and and techniques and tactics at corner kicks, some of which paid off, and you could just seem to think right, okay, that they've been working on this, and maybe that was just the players not taking in the past stuff they've done on the training ground on at the field, but it did look like that was something that had been worked on, and I think that you know, for Marty to have turned from the first few results to have got. The last couple of results that he got, I think the guy does deserve tremendous credit. I'm not for a second suggesting he should be the manager. He shouldn't. Um, but he, he certainly, when he goes back to the youth team, goes back with you know, his, his reputation enhanced and our, our, our thanks. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's, do you know what? It's easy to be blasé about these things. And, and I mean, as you said at the top, it, it's, you know, it's Hamilton Ackies. But then at the same point as well, I don't think either of us would have been stunned if it had been the case that, you know, Hamilton Ackies had been a side rock since on, on Saturday. Like, I think that to a certain extent, we almost could have read that in, uh, in some capacity. So in actual fact, when we're saying that we're scoring from corners and we're doing things well, um, we can give a little bit of leeway to the fact that, yeah, it's Ackies probably defending. But then at the same point, um, Clint Hill's goal wasn't a fluke. No, no. If that makes sense. No, if you watch and the talking, about you're, him, yeah. You're, 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 you're talking about the nine in a row, <laughs> row either there. Clint Hill's um, header was for, was for me actually quite reminiscent of Richard Goff's header yeah. against Celtic, if you remember that oh, one. Oh, of course. He just rose, he just rose beautifully. Uh, great placement on it. And I think that when you're talking about, I suppose, training drills paying off in terms of being able to try and do that, that's the kind of stuff that I think you're starting to see. So, Well, yeah, we had blockers um, and we had guys, you know, making dummy runs and taking defenders away to clear that space for them, which yeah. seems basic, but we never seemed... And again, I apologise if, if it was happening all the time and I was missing it. But it, you didn't see that with Rangers' sides, where you had guys whose job it was in the box to make sure, OK, I'm not going to head the ball here, but I'm going to make sure this defender doesn't. And, you know, the, the dark arts of, of what happens at, at set pieces. And as you say, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a lucky ball and Clint Hill just happened to be stood there. It was a really good goal. But then at the same point as you're saying there about the... the um, how to how to twist and how to pull and how to manoeuvre people out of position when they're trying to defend a corner kick. It's happened to us for the last two years, David. Yeah. So I, I, you've seen plenty of first-hand experience of that. Yeah. So I, I, I think I think I think the big thing is um, if we can um, if if we can defend corners as well as we apparently seem to be uh, to be scoring from them or create chances from them at the very least, uh, then I think that you know that, that it, even within itself would be a huge bonus. Um, because I know we've we've touched upon it a lot in terms of you know how weak we are, and um, and it's it's getting more and more popular now. But a, a good friend of the the the, the pod um, said for us conceding a a corners like conceding a penalty at times. Yes. Um, so if if we can if we can show that up, and as I say we can we can purposely separate 
those set pieces and what we need to do in them. Actually, it's, it's a pretty formidable weapon, but it's basic. But do you know what? At the end of the day, you don't have to be world beaters to be able to try and get a result in Scotland, you know? No, you need to be well drilled, and that's something that I don't think we are, you know, kicking kicking the grave of the old manager to say that it wasn't something that we were good at it wasn't something that we appeared to spend a lot of time in and what was frustrating is we got punished with that a hell of a lot uh, if we'd been able to do a bit better in situations like that we'd have won the Scottish Cup moving on then to Joey Garner a hat trick and I think it was the, the stat going about 55 minutes on the pitch or 45 minutes on the pitch th- 33 actually there 12 away getting stitches Um a couple Four of assaults, yeah, a couple of assaults and three goals. But after I want to lump the two situations in together. Now, first of all, are you going to argue with me when I say that I thought that was the readiest red card you'll ever see? Um, one could almost call it the the scarlet card. I think where it was extraordinarily stupid. Um, Dude, it was blood red. It was dark red. It was. It was red. It, it was red Adair going on his holidays to Mars, right? It, and this is the thing. When I mentioned this on Saturday, you know, most people are going, you get, you get a few going, oh, you want to just put sent off. No, I don't. I absolutely don't. But it was a red card and we got lucky. And then the best one of all is slightly mistimed a yellow and I just kind of shake my head and it's like, lads, lads, for Christ's sake, right? Take off the blue tinted specs for a second and just go with the old the old rule uh, or sorry the old guideline. Would you have screamed had it been us? And of course we would. We would have been wanting the guy done for four or five games. It was a shocker. And this other one, please, if you're a football fan who says this, right? Please delete your brain. Oh, he didn't mean to kick him. He's going for the ball. <laughs> And I'm like, of course they're fucking going for the ball. It's like, oh, but he intent, there's got to be intent. No, there doesn't, otherwise it would never be a penalty. Because as soon as you brought the guy down in the box, you could turn around and go, oh, actually, I was going but, for the ball, ref. But, I, I caught him. Him, I didn't get Boris it. Gulf. I mistimed it, see. But I was going for the ball and he was just a bit too quick and the ref would go, that kick's not a penalty then, mate. Oh, I'll give a bye kick. Well, thanks for being honest. Just don't be such a moron, Right. It's a red card. Now, we got very lucky, but I don't in any way feel guilty about it because I thought on Wednesday night it was never a red card for Rob Kiernan. I thought it was a silly decision of his, but if you look at it, and again, I try to be fair and go in real time. In real time, I didn't think it was a red. See replays, I didn't think it was a red. It wasn't a red. And things, you know, balance out over a season, and it did. We got lucky. I think the thing that highlighted it was due to the fact that it was a cup match, it was on the telly, and we had the Fodderingham thing earlier on. But I'm slightly concerned, because I will say this about Kiernan. He was unlucky to get sent off, but the old chestnut, he gave the ref a decision. And I wish our players would learn, if you do that, then you're running the risk. And there was no need to do it at that time. It's out the touchline, no need to do it. And that was what annoyed me about the Gamner one. Because, okay, he got away with it. But I guarantee you, 9 out of 10 refs, he does not get away with it. And it could have cost us at that point in the match. And we need to have more discipline. And I, I love the cult stuff. I love, yeah, Joey Garner, you know, 30 minutes apart. That could have cost us. And I I don't really have a lot of time for players you can't trust. If you are a player that you can't trust, that's going to do something stupid every so often, you have to be fantastic. 
You know, you have to be somebody that you'll put up with that with. And he's not in that position at the moment. Really good hat trick, really pleased for him. And, you know, he's lovable, a lovable guy and all the rest of it. And, you, yeah, I love his commitment, all that sort of thing. But he could have put us in real trouble. And that, to me, is unforgivable. Well, it's forgivable, it's unprofessional. And, uh, no, I, I get, listen, I get where you're coming from. But when you then talk to these guys, right, who are then saying, uh, if that had happened against us, you'd be screaming for a red, etc., etc. Let's also then change the dynamic in another way. That if that had happened in the second half of an old firm game, he goes. Mm-hmm. There is no two ways around it, he goes. Because I think that when you take into the potential explosive nature of an old firm game, you put in a tackle at that, you walk. I'm sorry. And do you know what, David? We've seen it. We've seen it plenty of times. And so I think that we almost got a little bit of leeway because it was Hamilton Aki's at home. Um, again, there was half a crowd and it was, you know, it wasn't an explosive. Yeah, you're right. No. But against an Aberdeen but, when the whole stadium is being for blood or the hearts or whatever, he's walking. But then I think the other thing you also have to be really kind of conscious of as well is that um, where we've seen Kiernan fall foul of this is probably within our third of the park. And where Garner hit him, and where, obviously, you know, I'll say where he hit him, where he landed, where he hit him was more or less in the halfway. Like it's in, in a really kind of... like Nothing in, in area a kind of, of the park. No, nothing area of the park where, in actual fact... There's not really too much damage can be done. So it's not... I mean, you're obviously not talking about goal-scoring opportunities or any of that shit. And Kiernan hasn't been sent off for that. Kiernan's, as you said, been late to fouls. He's mistimed them. He has got himself in trouble. And what what Kiernan is now starting to do is earn himself a bit of a reputation for this. And do you know what? It's not nasty, actually. It's more, for me, complacent than nasty. I think it's clumsy. Like, I, don't, I don't even think it's complacent. Yeah. I think he's just not a great tackler. So I think I think with Gardner, however, the opposite is true. Actually, Gardner's starting to put himself around a little bit too much. Now, when he first came, he had this thing where as soon as he was... I mean, he could win headers all, all the live long day, but as soon as he was hit, he was screaming at the referee and he was moaning and blah, 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 and he was so expressive with it. And now what he's doing is he's not doing himself any favours by going in for challenges like that. He will, when he jumps, lead with his elbows. He'll do things like this as well. So now because he's he's got away with this, let's call it for what it is, he's got away with it, I would be curious to see if referees will now start, almost get to a stage where they might even start dishing out yellows for him more frequently than they would have done previously for him, as I say, getting in elbows or other Cammy, naughty re- shit. Cammy, you've, you've refereed, and to everyone listening who, who hasn't refereed and is a normal human, <laughs> oh, come on, mate, you know, my, you know my views on people who want to become referees, but... You do get a reputation, and with the press in Scotland being what it is, he now does have one. And you're right; anything he does now is going to be absolutely highlighted. Gaza syndrome. If Joey Garner goes in with an untidy looking aerial challenge, it's going to be a card, even if it wouldn't be for someone else. Because referees are human; they read the papers, they they listen to to you know the media at large. And Joey Garner has now put himself in a position where. If he makes a tackle that's anything less than beautiful, then he is going to be pulled up for it. And it was so unnecessary. And that's the thing for me, as I say, I don't like when individuals put the team at risk, okay, because it's all about the team. So in terms of people who say, oh, you know, you want a Rangers player sent off. No, I'm not. In fact, I, it's 
because I never want a Rangers player sent off, with the possible exception of last few minutes against a game against Celtic where we're not likely to turn it round. Then yeah, just turn it into a battle royal. All, yeah, totally all, all, bets are, uh, all bets are off then. At that point, you can come out swinging a steel chair, Al Evans, McMahon, and I'll, uh, you know, you'll have my support. But during... You know, during a match where it's still up for debate, I don't want to see it, and I need you to. I need to know that you're not gonna let the side down because if you do, it almost a red card almost cost us two points on on Wednesday night, and I think that was an unlucky red card. So I'm not having a go. I'm not saying Kiernan, but the Garner one was I thought one of these moments where a player because there was it was a zero sum game there was no advantage say he even ran in and won the ball he gets a bit of a clap from the fans and, and, and all the rest of it if you want to get yourself over with the fans score goals that's that's the simplest way to do it Joey because being a cult hero is great and you'll get loads of people sort of online giving you praise and all the rest of it and you get the song and, and that's brilliant but that isn't going to get you you know, into the Hall of Fame, it's scoring lots of goals for us. And if you do that, if you do what you did the rest of the time you were on the field, then the fans, all of the fans, will love you. And then, like I say, if you're going to have these occasional wee rushes of blood to the head, that's okay. But you've got to be worth it. You've got to be somebody that the team will go, yeah, all right, every so often he's going to do something like that, but the rest of the time. And, and Joey hasn't been doing that. Now, uh, the other one was, of course, the out-of-the-box handball. I just thought that was... Yeah, it was it was outside the box. Yeah, it was probably a red card, but I don't think it's you know Masonic conspiracy. Linesman's missed it in real time. I didn't see it, you know. So I'm not. I don't beat up officials for getting things wrong. That at the time I thought, well, it could have been either way. For a red card, he's got to be a hundred percent, and he clearly wasn't. I'm sure that there was something in the linesman where he went, you know, he might well have handled. You can't send somebody off on. He might have. I think so. If if you watch that um, watch that incident again, Davy, um, there's a part of me that actually thinks if you if you if you watch the bounce of the ball, I don't know if it hits a divot in the turf or a soft a soft piece of grass or something happens, but there looks like a quite unnatural bounce of the ball based on how it's been going, and actually what I think fodering them has done is what he's, what he's expecting it to do is actually expecting to bounce slightly harder than it does it doesn't and then all of a sudden it more or less takes the power out of it and then you've got a defender and an attacker bearing down on you and he did he did what he had to do um, do you know what see at the end of the day it, it's, it, I mean he had to deal with that I get all of that I think um, it, it's a very petty petty man probably a Celtic fan who then turns around and says all these things are conspiracies Rangers are cheating bastards Whereas actually what we're doing is we're coming out and saying, well, listen, do you know what? There's errors made for the Fodderingham one because the linesman hasn't been up to play. But then at the same token, the linesman hasn't been up for play in the Garner one because it, it happened so close to the halfway line, a linesman should have been next to it anyway. So, do you know what? These things, I'm sorry, but it's not a conspiracy. We don't get huge, massive benefits week in, week out that other teams, Celtic, don't get. So as far as I'm concerned, it's, it swings and roundabouts, these things. Do you know what? We could go back through the previous podcast and turn around and say that was not a penalty, that was not a red card that was given against Oh, God, it. of course we could. And I think I think just kind of touching back on it, just in the Garner thing, just for a second, and I think that this can actually touch just on a point that we mentioned before about nerves. We are not comfortable unless we have a three-goal lead. Which we've had one precisely nil, twice this season. 
yeah, 1-0 and 2-0, even for us now, are not the game is not out of sight by any kind of stretch of the imagination. And we've had a few 2-1s where even though we've been 2-0 two, two up and the team have then obviously scored, um, we've started to shite it in the last 10, 15 minutes of the game. So if I had to go back to the Garner incident, what I would turn around and say to him is, your goals can help settle that entire team. And that's how you turn you scoring one goal into three goals. Mm-hmm. And actually, any striker wants to be measured on, on their goal tally. It's just, you know, that is the absolute bread and butter for a striker. Mm. However, his goals will give the rest of the team confidence to create the opportunities that you saw so blatantly on Saturday. The problem being, however, is you can't do that when you make the easiest decision. You're talking about an easy decision for the referee. It's an easy decision for the manager to say, if you're going to be that selfish, because you've always been selfish, then I'll, I'll just simply not play you. And I'll give, don't do a chance, whoever else I'll give a chance to, because fundamentally you think this is all about you, but it's actually, we've got, we've got, you know, much bigger fish to fry than you'd eagle. Yeah, I think that's um, a great point, Cammy, I really do. And I think that any player that, that does that, and it goes on to, you know, the, the Ibrahimovic one, where, you know, yes, I, I think the boy done him, by the way. I mean, I know opinions can be I think the boy knows, I don't think he goes, I'm going to stamp on him, but I think he kind of thinks, I could get my foot out of the way and I'm not going to. If that makes sense. And no, he does. He does do him, and then, but but, but I think the thing is, the reaction is well, probably natural is is selfish because it could lead. Yeah, you do him, but you could have been red carded. I think. I think that the the one for Mings when he stamps on him because he does stamp on him. Let's let's get all that out of the way as well. There's no accident there. He he he, he purposely stamps on him. Mm-hmm. He he does that as a reaction to an incident that has literally just taken place seconds beforehand. What Ibrahimovic was calculated. Yeah. He, he he knew what he was going to do with him. And to a certain extent as well, you're in exactly the same place. But that's where you then turn around and say, well listen, see if you want to give him what he wants, react against him and get a book and I get a red card because you're you're probably Man United's best player at the moment. So what to do is um get sent off, especially for violent conduct as a straight red, uh, miss three games mm-hmm. uh, and that guy will be pissing himself laughing. Whereas actually what you should be doing is scoring goals against them. Yeah. And then, do you know what to do? Score a goal against them, stand and watch his reaction. Yes, that's exactly correct. No, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. And it's something that, you know, it's discipline and, and teams that win things have good discipline. Now, the new boss saga uh, continues. And as we record this, because it's we've been sort of told for a while there was even black smoking govern at the weekend, uh, which we thought signified the announcement. But... At the time of recording, no new director of football, uh, no new manager. Favourite for the manager's position remains uh, Pedro Kachina, I believe the pronunciation is, and or Kachina, and he is, according to several news news outlets, you know, has already been told he's been successful. The director of football position seems a little bit murkier with reports, and it's only reports that Ross Wilson, the first choice, has turned it down. The next name that people are hearing is uh, Paul Mitchell, who was at Tottenham Hotspur, but has just uh, left. And in fact, his notice period was uh, shortened, and he was allowed allowed to leave early. Other names mentioned for the manager position are Gary Rowett, who has definitely been interviewed for the position. But there are conflicting reports in the media, which suggests to me that they don't actually know what's going on. And there are rumours and counter-rumours and whatnot. Uh, Cammy, just, just what, your, what are your thoughts on where we are and and the names that I've I've mentioned to you? Well, it's tough because if you wanted to have an idea of where the information flow is with this, Davey, 
uh, I refer you to the BBC website, which had an interview with Alan Stubbs, who attended a couple of training sessions as part of the, the coaching badges with Kachina, and and probably had maybe a four or a five word exchange with him. And all of a sudden, he's been then touted as, you know, close friend, insider, um, companion of... Uh, it's, it's just ridiculous. Is it just so me that, actually... is it just me that hopes that those four or five words were "fuck you, you hubby bastard"? I hope so. If that's what he can, to be honest with you, if he came into the interview and said, "Fucking that, hell, it's I'll John," like, Me- I- uh, "Fucking hell, it's John Merrick," that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So why do you have no female physios? Things like that. Then I think that that's probably that. That would that for me would seal the job for him. Yeah, me too. Me too. But then at the same point, I think that. Um, we we spoke before about what the options would be. I, I don't know. Do you put the cart before the horse? Do you, do you appoint a manager, then a director of football? Do you wait till the director of football's in there so he has consultation with the manager? Um, it's it's difficult because whilst and again we've said that Marty will not get the job and his his stock is rising, which is good because if he wants to make a proper career as a manager of of of, of a of a decent sized club, then he's he's certainly going a good way about it. Um, that we're not in almost crisis situation anymore. We're we're still in the Scottish Cup. We're starting to piece some decent play together, and in actual fact, it's almost as if we've now uh, quelled the flame somewhat of the demand of a new manager coming in straight away. Actually, what we're saying is, well, theoretically, you know, we could wait a little bit to get the right man. The problem, however, is who's the right man. Mm. Um, the names are, I think, interesting, um, which can be code word for. <laughs> I, I must admit, I hadn't heard of him until a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, Rowett is a guy who I'll admit that I thought was was doing a very good job at Birmingham City and was was highly rated. The concern would be that some Birmingham fans have said one of the issues with him was he had a tendency to sort of you know, hitch his skirt a little bit at passing suitors and I think we've maybe had a, a dose of that and I think he's also perhaps in the eyes of, of the supporters he might be a little bit tainted by his similarity of background if you like to Mark Warburton which would be a shame I, I think Gary Rowett is a very talented coach I don't obviously know him as an individual so that's something that the board would have to ascertain through their meetings with him as to, to what sort of manner of man that he is but Kachina's uh, reputation, I, you know, it, I can't really go on anything because it comes from the press who, as you say, are scrambling to get information on a chat they don't know much about. And uh, there are impressive areas to absolutely his his manner, if what we're told by the likes of Vladimir Weiss, who has played under him. So, you know, you, could, you would certainly think that that would carry some authority. Uh, suggest a guy that fits the mould of what we want but it's going to be a gamble uh, no matter who it is that that could just be applied to the whole situation it's going to be a gamble no matter who it is I think with Gina you couldn't suggest that they're not looking outside the box because they, they certainly wouldn't have been on many people's radar uh, Rowett I think would obviously because of the fact that he's British so there wouldn't be the whole moving country issue, although it is a different league of course um, ambitious, there's nothing wrong with that, I think we have to accept that 
if we have a manager who does well, he'll probably be gone. If we have a manager who does badly, he'll probably be gone. That's just the nature of the league that we play in, unfortunately. Um, so, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see who we get. I still can't get my head around that, you know, the exchange between Stubbs and Kachina. I think that must have been brilliant when he maybe phoned them up and said, uh, Ellen, can tell me about the, the Rangers? And he said, Rangers! Scott Allen will not be scold to them over and over and over and Pedro went oh, for fuck's sake typical and just you know, <laughs> had to put the phone down and go to Wikipedia so um, yeah I, I, I don't know um, it's I, I, look, it'll get 100% backing from me I, I would be lying and I think you need to be uber hipster and I'm only kind of slightly hipster I think you need to be uber hipster to be going this is really exciting you know I can't wait for him to get stuck in with me it would be okay right Let's you know. Let's give this a go. I'd be fibbing if I said it would be a case of can't wait till you know see him in action. I would be sort of you know the old wait and see, sitting back perhaps with the arms folded, waiting to 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 form a judgment type thing. But I would be, and I would hopefully ask other Rangers fans is you need to give whoever it is time. Don't three games in go. He's useless because it's you know he needs six months minimum to at least see if he's starting to show signs of putting his stamp on the side. The challenge that you have with that, David, is that probably for the first time in a long time, you are now going to have a Rangers manager taking the club over in the top flight who is going to be assessed on how the team performed, not by that individual's reputation and what he's done previously. Um, he doesn't because... start off with any any plot or any sort of. Although you can no, see not... maybe McLeish did to an extent because there were a lot of people who didn't fancy McLeish. Yeah, but the thing is though that we were we were on the kind of step up for McLeish in terms of the fact that um, obviously he had managed other teams in Scotland. McLeish would be like this year as McInnes, and the fact that he's managed smaller clubs and then potentially this would be a step up. But equally, however, I think a lot of the Rangers support would want to wait to see until how the team perform and what changes they would want to be able to try and see um, before they then start actually, you know, uh, forming a, a proper opinion of them. The, the 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 other side of that coin is the if anyone that we attract to come in, if for theory's sake we fast forward now and we're we're sitting here in twelve months and and we're we're in a, a serious title competition with Celtic. If if we can break what is that you know what's fast becoming a stranglehold in terms of how well Celtic are playing, if a manager comes in and is able to break that, immediately puts himself straight back into the shop window, because that you know is becoming more and more like a like a very very significant challenge. Um, that is going to attract attention from down south. There's no two ways around it. I'm not. I suppose I'm not necessarily sold on a foreign manager coming in. A non-British manager coming in and being able to adjust to the climate, but I'm slightly prejudiced on that because of what I've seen in other clubs. Of, like, for example, you know, when you've seen um, probably South American managers, is a good example of when you see them going into English clubs and stuff, and it tends to be quite sticky and it, it, it gets, you know, it can go downhill quite rapidly when it really starts going. Get you, Nigel Farage. But, You've changed since you moved to the East. Well, that's what I'm thinking, Jim. I mean, uh, but on a, seri- on a serious point, I think that the thing is, though, that whoever comes in has to understand that, um, you know, that, that kind of British methodology, the way the football thinking and all of that kind of thing as well. Um, I think that's difficult to do. Um, and to understand straight out the gate 
and I'm sorry, David, that this this Rangers manager will be assessed the first minute of the first game he yes, takes over. Yes, you're right. I don't even know why I said that. You know, <laughs> because... it's, it's one of these things. It's, it's like, right, you know, we need to give him time, lads, and everybody goes, right, time, seven minutes into the first game, prick. You're also talking about, you know, the <laughs> the same the, the same thought process where when they saw the Gardner challenge, half the stayed on that another half are standing up clapping. You know I mean? <laughs> so it's, there's no there's no there's no you know middle ground I feel. Uh, yes, a, a more traditional I, support, yes. I th- I think for for Rivet for me I think is, is probably the slightly more attractive option only because um, I, I think he, I think he's a point to prove. I think he's got quite a big hunger because he, he, he left Blackburn, and the fans actually really appreciated him. And he left under a bit of a cloud, but Birmingham. it wasn't anything to do with performance. Uh, Birmingham, sorry, Blackburn. Uh, Birmingham under a, a bit of a cloud, but you still see like Birmingham fans actually talking about him now. And there's been a few bits and bobs and forums and stuff as well. Birmingham fans actually saying, "Well, yeah, he is good." And, he can solidify you because they were in a bit of a fucking mess when he yeah, took that, over. Yeah, that's a really good point. He took over when they were really, really in the shit and they'd just been spanked 8-0 at home by, I believe, your Barnsley boys. Can, uh, yes, that's yes, correct. Uh, the, 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 the second happiest I've ever seen Cammy behind Helicopter Sunday. But, uh, yeah, and he but immediately the, dug he, them he, out. He started to, yeah, he started to compile a lot of that together. Now, I don't, I don't think that we're in such a, such a free fall. However, I think that when you then want someone to be able to try and come in and almost put his own mark on it, be able to tell players what's what and blah, blah, what have you, that, that's where I think that Rout would actually do pretty well. Plus, I think he's got some innovation. So um, I, I, I wouldn't be, you know, I, I wouldn't be, you know, too fussed in terms of either one of the two of them getting it. Um, so I think, like you say, it would probably be, it's going to be a gamble regardless, David. I yeah, mean, we can't. I mean, we, we're, we're looking at being able to then say we would go into the old firm game on Sunday with a manager being confirmed and I'll be honest with you I don't even I, I don't even think he would put a pound in that being the case mm. I think it will just trundle past this weekend and then it will go on to the next few weeks until we can obviously start the green terms and whatever else will happen I think that if we do get a manager in place that's enough um, then I would be tempted to do the old he starts on Monday gig because that way if it goes well he gets the credit and if it goes badly he avoids the blame um, which is something that I think that, that would benefit him long term now. We're off to Mordor, as you say, on, on Sunday and I don't think that many people would have us as favourites. I think I'll, I'll put that politely. Now, <clears throat> realistically, on form and on past performances, Celtic are obviously the favourites. What do we need to do differently this time? Uh, Joey Gardner, every single one of them. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think so. I think we need to solidify what's happening at the back, and uh, and and even when we took the lead in the the game at Ibrox, we we still looked shaky. And I think I mean, it's kind of as we said earlier on, a one or a two goal lead wouldn't suit us and stuff as well. Um, it was kind of disappointing to see what happened against St Mirren, when obviously, even though they went a goal down, and they went, a, I think they went in at half time. Actually, still a goal down. Um, you, you knew you knew that they had another gear to be able to try and come out of it. So you're not facing a Celtic team that, in my opinion, has truly been tested so far this season. Um, I don't know if we have the ability to be able to try and do that with a defence that, you know, barring minor miracles, is going to concede on Sunday. 
So um, I think what we need to be able to try and do is just just take some lessons from it. There's a part of me that wonders um, what's more attractive, beating them on Sunday and, and obviously tarnishing that record or taking a lesson from Sunday and then applying it in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup. I think I've had enough lessons off them, to be honest. Um, I suggest that we simply play stirring episodes of Heart and Hand in the dressing room beforehand, and we go out and just, you know, smash them. Like, five now. Listen, I would love it, but as you, as you said before, if we get to 75 minutes and we're 3-0 down, let's just get the game abandoned if, if, with if, the dismissals. Yeah, if we do that, then I think we should just go full on. As you say, let, let, let's just go full on into them. And at that point, there should be like a rota system. See if you see Graham Marty passing a note onto the field after seventy-five minutes. If if Cami scenario is correct, that's what it should be, right? It should be James, you kick, hmm, and then Andy, you kick, hmm, and so on and so forth. But all joking aside, I think that what we need is a defensive performance that lasts the length of the match, and that means no stupid errors. And that's not something we've produced very often. So we would need that. I think that we could do maybe reinforce the midfield. So, for instance, I would be tempted to play Hodgson at fullback and Tavernier in front of him. Then three in the middle with Mackay in front of Wallace on the left with Hindman, Mackay being told that their job is to support the front, the, the, the sole striker. Um, that would be my my preference. But... At the end of the day, it'll it'll come down to the fact that Celtic are favourites. Celtic are a better side than us at the moment, and there's no point pretending otherwise. However, it's an old firm match, and you never know you get a break of the ball or whatever. But we have to a take advantage of that. If a chance falls to us, we have to put it away. We can't be doing this thing of, you know, oh well, we created three good chances and didn't take any before they scored type thing. That will kill us, and we have to make them work for anything that they get. That, I think, is the most frustrating thing in any match. When you hand the opposition something, because they'll just grow in confidence from that, and then you can face a very long afternoon. But, uh, you know, it's everyone going. I remember seeing Ugo Ekiog score a winner when nobody gave us a prayer uh, in an old firm match, so you never know. Uh, This one's more hope than expectation, and as you say, um, for me, it's more about getting it together for the the Scottish Cup semi-final, but we can't go in there and lie down and if the players mentally go in there thinking we'll probably get beat here then we're not going to do anything and maybe that's what a new manager could bring in and add just an extra 10% to everybody be it just in terms of attitude um, and maybe, maybe and, and you know what and, and that's interesting because I suppose yeah you're right and I think that the way how it stands now is I, I suppose it's 6-5 it's to five and pick them if you're going to turn around then and say the new manager was to get announced prior to Sunday, he could go in and say, look, I want you to impress me. I don't I don't mean you have to win. What I mean is I need to see your work rate, I need to see your passion, I need to see your enthusiasm, etc, etc. Um, and then they'll go out to be able to try and impress the new man. The problem being if he waits until the following Monday is that Marty has to give, probably not to the similar message to what he's given beforehand and knowing that that's him, that's his final game. And I don't think any. I don't think anyone would be surprised if we effectively turned around and said to Murray, "You're in charge until the end of the season. So just treat every game as if it's a cup final." I feel as if he's done a bit of that. If I'm if I'm being perfectly honest in some of the attitudes that he's trying to try and instill. Yeah, I think I might have um, underplayed actually, and I think Graham Murray earlier on. I, I really want to put on record that 
after the first couple of matches when they went so badly, to then turn it round and get two good victories, I think is a testament to the guy and I think it, it augurs well for his future in the game and certainly, you know, place on record my thanks, as they say, because uh, I, I didn't see that and for him to be able to do that with a group of players I didn't think it would be possible, I think says a lot about the guy. So congratulations I, to him. I, I, think, I think we are, we are more, right now, we are more of a, a banana skin um, than, a, than a platform in terms of him to be able to try and build his career because if it was a case that he was able to stabilise and continue getting results of this, it's massive feathers in his cap. Whereas I think actually if we were to then start really capitulating and, and go severely downhill, I think a lot of people would have turned around and said, well, if he couldn't do anything with that group of players, what could he do if he you know, had a, a players of a lot less talent? So actually, I think like you say, his attitude towards it's it's been first class. What you're actually seeing is quite a, quite a very short-term progression which is going through the roof in terms of where he's actually going with it. Um, how sustainable that is, I don't know. But then at the same point, um, if we were to, to put money down, I would dare say that he'll be in charge on Sunday. And I, I hope he goes out with that. I hope he goes out and just says, look, you know, go out there, make it tough on them. Don't take your foot off the gas. What you want to be able to do is use this now is to send a message to the other teams that we're playing against, post-split, really, to then state that you know we, we need to solidify where we are and you know every point from here on in counts. So let's just get this one out of the way and then send out that message that we're no longer here just to simply roll over or you won't you won't intimidate us. Actually we've got a bit of dig about us and you know we're gonna do it at the home of the, the champions, you know. Well yeah I, I think the home of the champions is a bit too polite. I'd, I'd I agree with that bit. Obviously, I'm trying to make sure that we're not, you know, taking off here before the live podcast. Well, thank you. I would beautifully said, Cammy. If you recall, ladies and gentlemen, you might recall uh, three years ago, exactly three years ago, that uh, we started asking um, for uh, you to support us through a Kickstarter campaign. And the idea was to buy new, much needed new equipment, and you did support that. And the promise was it would be a live show. Uh, and due to circumstance, we never did it. And let's face it, you all thought I scabbed the money, didn't you? Um, the live show tour of Japan. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what people thought that the the live show tour of Japan that it would never happen. Well, we did use the money to buy new equipment, and in fact, if we hadn't, you wouldn't be listening to this pod. So we've always been thankful to that, and it has always been in the back of the mind. It was due to circumstances that. Uh, Podder had to become a carer for a very ill family member for a long time, and then uh, I was was ill, as you'll recall. The, the pod went off the air for a bit, so but it had always been in our mind. And now, as I say, as I'm embracing my uh, semi-retirement, uh, I've got more time. So I thought, you know what we should do? We should do a live pod, and we are going to on April the twenty-first at the Loudon Tavern. And I really would like to thank the Loudon Tavern, in particular Greg at the Loudon, for his help in setting this up. Now, that's the good news. Friday, April 21st, which is the Cup fi- cup Semi final weekend, so a staunch beginning to it at the Loudoun Tavern. That's the good news. The bad news, if you like, is that we, after we'd the Kickstarter donators, uh, anyone who had, had donated a certain amount gets two tickets automatically, we then decided we would put up 150 tickets for sale. And I thought, Cammy, right, because I'm quite arrogant, I thought, if we really push this, on the pod, and I mean really push this, and we get everyone to make sure every family member they've ever met and workmate turns up that we could shift those 150 tickets in about six weeks, and that's why the decision was made to announce it now. We did it in six hours, and they're all gone. 
So I do apologise if you listen to this and this is the first you're hearing about it. I didn't think it would be that popular. So it turns out it was. Now, attending this live podcast will be Mr Scott Van Den Acker, Mr Mark Dingwall, Mr Ian Hogg, and of course there's no show without Punch, Cammy. Yeah. Don't don't miss yourself out of that, mate. I mean, I know how egotistical you are, but you, Cammy, made, Cammy, almost made, Cammy. you almost made that sound as if you were willing to give up on it. Cammy. And you've got to remember, David, it's outside. Cam- like it's not like well, the venue's not outside. It's like not in your living room. Well, Cammy, which here's, here's terrifies the, the piss out of you. Here's the thing. Greg told me that no, I couldn't um, do it by Skype. Because that was my first. <laughs> that was my first thought. The second teleconference. Right, tele- after we sold all the tickets, Mark got really excited, and he said, uh, "You know, we could we could take this on the road, and you know, we could do shows in various places. You know, we could go up north." And so I thought, Mark, I won't go to the fucking bottom of the road for a paper, and you think I'm going to go up <laughs> north to do a podcast? But uh, but yes, a unique a, a unique opportunity. To go and see if you like Batman and Robin and Robin and Robin and Robin. You know? <laughs> How often do you get to see Simon and Garfunkel and Garfunkel and Garfunkel and Garfunkel? You don't. So, you know, I'm the talent, but occasionally I'll need to stop to breathe or, you know, have a drink of water or whatever or wave royally to the people in the audience. But that's when you guys c- can step in. Brilliantly, though, Cammy was, Cammy being more of a professional than I, Cammy's like, David, we can't fucking wing this. There's got to be people there that paid to see us. We have to come up with a script now. Like, ah, fuck it. No, just turn up. We'll be fine. <laughs> we'll just turn up. Just like, what do you guys want to talk about? Thanks so much. See you later on. Bye-bye. <laughs> by way, uh, buy, buy a pint before you leave. It's been, it's been seven years nearly of us talking <laughs> shite and that's where they've paid their money. We haven't sold them under false pretenses. It's come and see Davy Edgar talk to his pals about Rangers. So, I just hope, do you know what, I just hope that it's not been a massive, massive red herring and it's all the, the purely disgruntled punters that you've bumped over the years with presents and all that and it's never been saying T-shirts that you've got lying in your house that were supposed to go out to four. Well, they're not, I'm bringing them. And what they're doing is, I d- no, no, no. Actually, turn up with this to exact revenge. What you've done is you've more or less got a well-organized mob. Yeah, but they're going to come together as soon as it starts. They'll just start wrecking the place. Yeah, but I sent, uh, I sent my wife, I sent Sally up the loft to find those T-shirts. And so, if you've been promised a T-shirt, come to the board and I'll give you. It. <laughs> right. Yeah, but. Buy a ticket to claim your prize. Yeah, she she, she was out there for ages though. She's like, I can't find them. For, for, come on, how difficult is it? And uh, eventually, she did stumble across them. And uh, so, no, no, the t shirts will be there and, and to be given out. And I'm sure Mark will be selling stuff out of his boot uh, outside <laughs> or putting things into his boot. So, if you've got a, an Eastern European girlfriend, you know, just just hand cover to yourself and make sure she's she's with you all the time. If you're, if you're looking for advice on um, industrial strength bin liners, uh, speak to Mark. Uh, he'll be able to give you a kind of quite an in-depth analysis around the, the type that he likes to use for yeah, exactly um, for, for strength and durability and, and, and long-lasting effect. Yeah, where to buy lime. Okay, don't then. Uh, that that pretty much tidies up everything. Then all that remains for me to do is to tell you where you can get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us on Heart and Hand. Uh, the Rangers uh, podcast Facebook page you search on Facebook. You can contact us on Twitter. I'm at Ibrox Rocks. Cami is beat that beat. Uh, beat that beat. And uh, oh oh, Mark has asked me. You can also talk to me on uh, the Rangers. Uh, sorry, the follow follow Facebook page because Mark has guilt tripped me into adminning it for him for a little bit again, having a bit more time, right? And is it, are you are you charging what, him? 
Well, I've got a newfound respect Are you for doing admins. Pro, doing it pro bono. I'm doing it pro bono, and uh, I've got a All newfound right. respect for the guys who do it on Mark's website because, good lord, and one of the first things I did was this won't surprise you. Um, having spoken to Mark, we banned Ned Speak. You know, oh man, I pure Danny Hink that we should go and but you know that kind of stuff. People that type that out, and yeah. I, I banned that. And most people agreed with it, and a few were, oh, you can't tell people how to, to speak. And I was like, no, I can. What I enjoy is, is seeing the David Edgar explanation of why you're now banned from the page. You're banned because you're wrong. Yes. And I don't need to explain myself to you. <laughs> yeah. So goodbye forever. <laughs> Get to fuck. That, it's one of these things about modern sense of entitlement, you know, and it's like, well, I don't agree with that. And I was like, that's great. You don't have to agree with that. It's entirely your right not to agree with that. But your choice then is to fuck off. It's, you know, and people people just assume in this modern era, well, I, I don't agree with that. And it's a tough titty, right? You know, that's the rules. You can either post in here or not. And, uh, Mark, you know, I've, I've been on it. I was like, bloody hell, jeez, Mark, this, that and the other. And he's like, I've told you, all these years he spent bitching about admin. And he said, uh, now you're getting a taste of it. I actually wonder if he set it up as for some sort of form of crazy, you know, job swap type show. And I'm secretly being filmed trying to deal, deal with people. What? You know, so... I can't wait to see you see you moderate the question and answer session in a live show. It'll be great. Mm. I'm not answering that question because I think it's a lot of shit, and I, I I think it's beneath me to even yeah. Uh, yeah. You Greg, know, consider, throw him out. Consider consider considering it. So if you could off and fuck, that mm. would be just fantastic. Thanks. Next. Yeah, I, I must admit, I could probably learn. If to... like question time on speed. Yeah, I could probably learn to deal with alternative views a bit better, but. I'm nearly 40 and I don't see it happening. Okay then, just time to thank our executive producer in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles. To thank my guest, Mr Cameron James Bell. David, a pleasure as always, my friend. And uh, to say to everyone, if you're going to Mordor on uh, the weekend, be safe, uh, look out for yourselves, and remember that no matter what happens, you'll still wake up a Rangers fan the next day. My name's David Edgar, talk to you again this time next week. Cheers, bye. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.